Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Alright everybody, welcome back to the Stranger by the Hour podcast. This is going to be Man Can Sessions episode 6. Uh, for anybody who hasn't caught any of these uh, Man Can Sessions before, the reason it's called that is uh, because normally um, this podcast is myself and uh, the homie Cody, but as I am on an extended uh, work vacation, <laughs> I'm uh, recording this solo from what we lovingly call Man Cans because... They are, you know, these little metal can-like domiciles uh, that men live in. Women live in them too, but, uh, you know, person can doesn't really roll off the tongue, now does it? So, all right, so man can sessions. This one's going to be about transhumanism. Uh, related to the last episode on scientism, um, we're going to drill down a little bit uh, and address one of the specific philosophies of the scientific and cultural elite. Uh, it's going to be hard for me to be objective about any of this because I see it all as the, you know, organizing force that's pushing us all towards this like dystopian um, hellscape. But uh, I'm going to try to use these people's own terms and definitions to describe this stuff to keep it a little bit objective, and then of course interject my uh, opinion about all this. Um, the stuff we're going to talk about is going to sound a lot like science fiction, which which it is science fiction, but it's becoming uh, science fact in a in a hurry. And it will seem like some of the stuff is conspiracy theory stuff, which um, I think we're seeing more and more. A lot of the conspiracy theory stuff is coming to fruition, and, it, and you know it is a conspiracy in as much as these people are conspiring to do these things. Though it isn't mere theory, and they aren't even trying to hide any of it anymore. Um, <clears throat> yeah, the truth about these technologies and these plans are not even really concealed anymore. Um, and I think that's because the narrative is so powerful, so all-encompassing, um, and, and people are so disempowered at this point and disconnected from reality that these people can speak openly about these plans and nobody believes them. And then, you know, nobody believes people like me um, who are just reading their books, reading their published literature, consuming their lectures online, um, observing reality, and uh, talking talking about what seems to be uh, happening. So what is transhumanism? Uh, fundamental to understanding transhumanism is the idea that the most powerful people in the world have a completely different worldview than you likely do. All right, so I'm talking about all the same usual suspects here. You know, your Bill Gates types, Klaus Schwab, Ray Kurzweil, and a bunch of people whose names you've never heard of because they aren't, you know, the handful of scientists that are always shoved in your face. So 
Neil deGrasse Tyson, Bill Nye, Stephen Hawking. They, they, you know, they push these people forward in culture to represent science and to distract you and to get you invested in a certain version of scientism. And, you know, and we're going to talk in detail about their, their new superhero, uh, Elon Musk, who's definitely um, a transhumanist. So I also think it's important to frame this in a certain way. So it's it's not just me pushing, you know, more fear porn on people. There's a lot of people on the Internet that are just, you know, it's doomsday, 24 hours a day. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's all coming to an end. We're all going to die. The, the creeps are going to wipe us out, all this other shit. Um, I want to make it clear that though I think we'll see a lot of this technology in the coming years, I don't think these psychopaths will be able to achieve their demented end state. And I think this because, in my opinion, these people fundamentally misunderstand what it means to be sentient and alive. And it's their own rejection of the transcendent qualities of life that make them afraid to die. And it's the reason why they're, you know, kind of scurrying around like the little incels that they are trying to figure out how to live forever. Um, and in the process, make everyone else, you know, slaves or, or some sort of caste system of wh- whatever they're trying to do. I, and it's and it's not that, you know, uh, you know, that when I say that they're afraid to die, I just mean that they can't confront death in the way that a person who has some sort of um, spiritual understanding can. So as far as they're concerned, you know, they're God and they're going to uh, basically find a way out of this this whole dying problem. All right, so let's get into it. Here we go. Okay. Uh, The definition, a definition, um, transhumanism is a class of philosophies of life that seek the continuation and acceleration of the evolution of intelligent life beyond its currently human form and human limitations by means of science and technology guided by life-promoting principles and values. All right. That's a guy named Max Moore who kind of founded the transhumanist movement in the 1990s. Um, some more some more detail on a definition is uh, another description I found stated it's the intellectual and cultural movement that affirms the possibility and desirability of fundamentally improving the human condition through applied reason, especially by developing and making widely available technologies to eliminate aging and to greatly enhance human intellectual, physical, and psychological cap- uh, capacities. Okay, so maybe that sounds good to you, right? Like maybe y- you believe that these are things that we should be endeavoring to do. But when you see the um, extent to which these people want to take it and are willing to take it, it's, it's when you start to see the problem. But given those definitions, let's kind of explore the what they're presupposing. Like what are the presuppositions here? So... They're kind of presupposing some things that, that I don't agree with and you may not agree with. So baked into the cake here is the presupposition that progress for the sake of progress is good and inevitable. Any movement towards efficiency is necessarily good regardless of the trade-offs. That's what these people are all about, pragmatic efficiency. If it's, um, if it's an improvement on a process, if it builds efficiency, it's good. Unlimited, uncontrolled pro- progress. Um, these, so they, this presupposes that the natural cycle of life where we are born, live, and then die is somehow flawed and must be overcome. Again, this goes back to 
what what's your worldview is what do you believe do you believe what do you believe we're down here doing are we part of some uh grander greater thing and that this is part of the experience we born we live we die and you know almost well every spiritual practice every religion has you know um, an understanding about the afterlife the transcendent i won't get into the details on all the various different ones but you get it another presupposition baked into the cake um, synthetic technology is the only way we can en- enhance human intellectual, physical, and psychological capabilities. So it, with this transhumanist worldview, it's technology that we create, material items, processes that we create, which ha- have the effect of making those improvements. This is, you know, this is presupposing that you couldn't find other ways to enhance human intellectual, physical, and psychological capabilities. Of course you could. A shift from allopathic to homeopathic medicine, um, uh, a reinvesting in some of the ancient um, like meditative practices and you know, uh, an exploration of the science that you know, our ancient civilizations understood could yield um, these kind of improvements, right? And we go down a whole rabbit hole about all the kind of suppressed um, practices and technologies out there, but that's for a different time. Okay, so we're talking about things that are starting to trickle out of science fiction and into the realm of mainstream thought in our culture, which is always how it happens. It's called conditioning the information environment. They're going to show you in popular culture the, the things first to condition you to accept them, and then they're going to roll them out incrementally, and before you know it, you know, We've got we've got chimera, half monkey, half human people running around, you know, taking over New York City or whatever. So these ideas have been popularized in movies and on popular talk shows like the Joe Rogan Experience, where he has like Ray Kurzweil come on. He did like a movie with Ray Kurzweil, and he talk about concepts like the singularity. Right, you'll hear about the singularity, which is, you know, this inevitable confluence of biological human experience and uh, all the technology that we create. The idea there is that technological advancement, the material items that we create, or the processes that we create with our minds, is uh, p- part of our like Darwinian evolution, and that inevitably we will transcend the limits of our biology and escape the prison of our meat suits and basically become immortal. Now, full disclosure, I was into this shit before, like years ago. I was interested in this. I was a proponent of Kurzweil's singularity. I read his books. I because I didn't have any understanding about of the transcend. I had no spiritual um practice in my life or anything like that. So I was like, yeah, I mean, why wouldn't we, you know, try to invent these these mechanisms and processes and technologies to keep us alive endlessly and improve health and all sorts of stuff. But I also didn't know what fucking despotic creeps most of these people are like i do now okay so there's many facets many different types of technology that feed into transhumanism we'll talk about some of them here um but in order for these creeps to get what they want it requires a concentration of political and economic power uh, in the hands of the global elite and it and it requires the dependence of us the people upon the state for them to get what they want so that's what we start talking about this fucking guy again we've talked about klaus schwab many times on the stranger by the hour podcast he's one of our favorite uh james bond villains but he's if 
he's a, he's a lot of things, but he's definitely a transhumanist, and he talks explicitly about it in his book, uh, The Fourth Industrial Revolution. He talks about it in his book, COVID-19 and the Great Reset. So we're going to quote him directly here so you don't think I'm just, oh, this dude just hates Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab. He goes complaining. I'm going, to, I'm going to tell you what he says about this stuff. Okay, so, you know, the, the, the precise aim of the Great Reset promoted by – so he's a German economist. He is the CEO and founder of the World Economic Forum, which people hear the World Economic Forum and they think it's like some sort of official UN group or something. No, it's just uh, an ultra-powerful um, – you know, policy apparatus that's got, that's wields immense power throughout the world. It's funded by the you know um, a lot of money from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, all this other stuff. George Soros. Um, but you know, he's he's when he says this, he's part of the Davos crowd. These guys that meet at the you know Davos, Switzerland every year and basically make decisions that affect the lives of people all you know throughout the whole world, right? So quoting Klaus Schwab, he says, The fourth industrial revolution is nothing other than the implementation of transhumanism on a global level. So he's saying it out loud because he knows that nobody but people that are freaked out by him like me and then the people that are part of his crew are going to read that fucking book. But, I mean, I don't don't, don't, uh, recommend you spend any money reading that book, but you you can get the PDF copy of that thing and scan through it. Or I'll just quote some of it here. So, um, so the the transhumanism that Klaus Schwab is a proponent of, they'll frame some of it as being you know um, for for the the benefit of public health and the benefit of human beings, but it's definitely not. It's in complete uh, tension and uh, opposite of any kind of religious and spiritual tradition. These people are staunch empiricist atheists, like they. As far as they're concerned, um, life is just an accident born of a, uh, the, ba- the explosion of the Big Bang, and that's all there is to it. And so whatever we can do technologically to um, extend life and then, more importantly, maintain this power differential where people like Klaus Schwab sit atop you know, a, a technologically advanced ruling class and the rest of us are kind of just you know meat slaves or whatever. Okay, so – Transhumanists, because they're they don't have an actual spiritual connection to anything, take science as their religion and believe in a philosophy of absolute relativism that claims that individuals can change reality at will, and they seek to relativize the human being and turn it into a putty that can be modified or molded um, to our tastes and desires by rejecting the limits that nature puts on us. Okay, just let that sink in for a second. Relativism. So there's no objective standard for what's true and what's good everything is relative this was born of einstein's theory of relativity just that the tendrils of this stuff go backward and forward in time it's all connected but um relativism is a big thing with these people there's there's no objective standard that's why you know they're they're, they can so gleefully advocate for abortion for example and like uh, like i'm not making a moral claim i'm just saying like they don't they're not even able to think of it uh, in terms of well, you're killing babies. No, they're they're they don't value that. They don't value human life the same way. They look at it all through this lens of efficiency and pragmatism. Okay, in order for guys like Klaus Schwab to get a transhumanist agenda in place globally, it requires the this quote from the article. It describes it as destruction of the Judeo-Christian morality 
which is based on absolute principles and values. Now, I think that's a little short-sighted or it's a, kind of an incomplete definition because it wouldn't just be the Judeo-Christian morality. It would be anybody who has a spiritual spirituality-based morality, like anybody that, um, it, you know, t believes that uh, what's true and good and right and moral is justified by some sort of organizing principle or, or um, creator, basically. So it could be anybody's religious practice or anybody's spiritual morality. It could even be the Eastern religions and, and how they um, how they see things, too. Um, there's a very popular book some of you may have read called Homo Deus. It's very, uh, it was making the rounds a couple years ago. Everybody was into it. This guy Yuval Noah Harari is an Israeli, Israeli historian and author. Um, he's been regarded as a great visionary. He, he kind of, uh, kind of artfully, um, described transhumanism. And in some ways, the way he wrote that book, it, it, it didn't seem, it, it's less, uh, Klaus Schwab, I'm a German lunatic, I'm going to take over the whole planet type of thing. And it was kind of a softer sell. But so here's some of the, um, quotes and concepts that come out of his work. So it's talking about things like, and this is a quote, at some point, it will not even be necessary to have a physical body. But we will be a set of information that we will be able to upload our thoughts to the cloud and we will be able to form a great collective intelligence with other human beings. Um, okay. Uh, talks, some of the concepts are things like a promise of super well-being. So um, we'll be genetically modified to aspire to super well-being. So through genetic modification, we'll become virtuous. <laughs> so like all kinds of like... Uh, we would have to forget about pain and suffering. We would have to get rid of those genes that make us aggressive, violent, jealous, that force us to fight and kill each other. When you put all these things into balance, what you are realizing is what you are looking at is literally the destruction of human beings, of homo sapiens, and their conversion to homo deus. <clears throat> so think about that. These people, without asking you or me or anybody else, have decided that human beings as we exist are... Um, impossibly flawed, and we should use technology to modify human beings so that we don't behave like human beings anymore. Now, I don't want to live in that world where everybody's like, I don't know, some monotone, milk toast, you know, cyborg or something. It sounds like hell to me. And uh, well, we'll go on a little bit. So <laughs> some of the technologies that are kind of front and center in um, the transhumanist movement or things like CRISPR, which we'll get into a little bit of detail later. But, you know, CRISPR is the technology which has given us the ability to modify uh, genetics, modify the DNA strand in real time and create things like geneti genetically modified organisms, which started out as being like food and is now, um, you know, now they have the capability to do that to human beings and sentient life forms. Of course, artificial intelligence, AI, is central to all this, robotics, the Internet of Things, which it's not just going to be your toaster and your fucking refrigerator to talk to the Internet. Their goal is to have every single quantifiable item talking, uh, connected via the Internet and um, accounted for via ledgers, blockchain ledgers, things like that. 3D printing, uh, 3D printing we already have, but 3D printing and self-replicating machines. So machines that can be pro programmed to use th things like 3D printers and assemble more machines. That sounds great. And then, of course, quantum computing, which gives, uh, which 
is an explosion in computational power, you know, um, compared to what we have with our normal like silicone chips and stuff like that. So we're talking about a, a point, the singularity, the point where we merge with technology and then ultimately evolve out past the limits of, of biology. So that's kind of what they're talking about, becoming post-human. And when they say things like becoming post-human, like that doesn't sound good to me, probably not to you, but to them that is a goal, that is a benefit. They can um, custom tailor what human beings are and then limit the amount of them so so that they can save the earth because of course they're convinced that we're destroying the planet and um, that we're a poison on the planet so they would reduce the overall number of human beings to something that they consider to be manageable and that there would be a super elite enhanced post-human um, caste system thing going on that they sit on the top of okay so right out of Schwab's um, book he explains with excitement how upcoming technology will allow authorities to intrude into the hitherto, hitherto private space of our minds, reading our thoughts and influencing our behavior. Now, you got to watch his little tricks of language here. He 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 gets out of the the active voice and says um, authorities. He's talking about himself, and when he says our, he means your. So you should read it as I will be able to intrude into the private spaces of your minds, reading your thoughts and influencing your behavior. Don't let these people fuck with language and trick you. So this is like minor Minority Report shit. Again, they use popular culture movies to condition the environment. So now we've seen Tom Cruise um, in this movie. And of course, the way they do it is they paint it like it's a, a bad thing, a dystopian thing, right? But, but it doesn't matter how they um, present it to you. They're just... It, what's important is that they show it to you, you've seen it before, so then when it exists in actual reality, you don't reject it outright like you should. Okay. Um, so, as this is Klaus Schwab talking. As capabilities in this area improve, the temptation for law enforcement agencies and courts to use techniques to determine the likelihood of criminal activity, assess guilt, or even possibly retrieve memories directly from people's brains will increase, writes Schwab. Even crossing a national border might one day involve a detailed brain scan to assess an individual's security risk. All right. So clearly all that's nuts, right? But th th I'm telling you, the most powerful people in the world see that as efficient, good, pragmatic, no issue with any of that. Um, he hails the arrival of implanted devices like we're going to show you – I'm going to show you with Neuralink, the Elon Musk thing, that will likely also help to communicate thoughts normally expressed verbally through a built-in smartphone and potentially unexpressed thoughts or moods by reading brain waves and other signals. So in other words, the fusion of our physical, digital, and biological identity relates to the transhumanist singularity and a future where people have their very movement or their every movement tracked and every thought read by an implantable microchip. Clearly, this is not fucking good, right? So just think about that for a second. What it sounds like it's saying is, okay, we'll be able to just instantly communicate kind of telepathically, like I have a thought, now the thought's in your head, except that it's going through an exchange that's owned by a corporation that's controlled by a lunatic like this. So maybe my thought is... Um, something controversial like you know what 
I've had nine people in my family die from this brain chip thing, and I'm trying to tell you about it, right? But because it's going through an exchange server that they control, what comes out is I'm really loving my new brain chip. I can see around corners or whatever the fuck, right? This is obviously no bueno. Um, okay, so the, that's kind of a basic understanding of what transhumanism is and how um, the elite Davos crowd sees it in its application. Now, you understand. When they conceptualize these things, they know that they exist outside of our paradigm. They're, they wouldn't be subject to any of the kind of 1984 Orwellian shit that comes with this because their objective is to sit on top of the whole thing. They're not worried about their sovereignty being impacted or their freedom. Um, and, you know, the tech will be phased in incrementally. And we're going to see some examples of how this is being sold as good for you type stuff always framed as something that benefits the public good, that adds some efficiency, that protects people in some way. They, and it's, again, we always talk about Hegelian dialectic on this show, but they're going to they're gonna create problems, right? And they're going to they're gonna use the problem to sell you this solution that you would never accept absent the problem that they created, right? Let me drink some tea real quick. Hold on. All right. Uh, here, shit. Here's an example of something that would be framed as uh, like a good for you type of thing, but that um, I can see the obvious problem with. So, Dr. Hepburn showed us a few current projects. Some sound like they're from an episode of Star Trek. Consider a ship like the USS Theodore Roosevelt, hobbled last year when 1,271 crew members tested positive for the coronavirus. What if everyone on board had their health monitored with this subdermal implant, now in late-stage testing? It's not some dreaded government microchip to track your every move, but a tissue-like gel engineered to continuously test your blood. It's a sensor. This tiny green thing in there? That tiny green thing in there. You put it underneath your skin, and what that tells you is that there are chemical reactions going on inside the body, and that signal means you're going to have symptoms tomorrow. Wow. There's an actual transmitter in that? Yeah, it's like a check engine light. Check this sailor out before he infects other people. That's right. Sailors would get the signal, then self-administer a blood draw and test themselves on site. Look at that. We can have that information in three to five minutes. As you truncate that time, as you diagnose and treat, what you do is you stop the infection in its tracks. All right. Sound good to you? Mm. So we're going to put a subdermal sensor in our body that's going to give... Um, somebody that's not us, constant, ready access to our internal biology, information about our biology. All, and you heard what he said. It's all towards efficiency and pragmatism. It's to um, help defend us from this 99.95% not a big deal fucking disease that um, that's out there, right? So, But again, that's I'm just showing you that to show you that it's going to start with things that are like, ah, doesn't seem like a big deal helps figure out if sailors have COVID and then they can do their own blood tests and whatever. That's the very early step. They roll it out incrementally. They're gentle about it. All right, let's talk about 
one of the uh, one of the standout characters in the uh, transhumanism movement, and I'm talking about this dude. So everybody, this is <laughs> this is Elon Musk for anybody that's just listening with his wife Grimes, who um, looks like a real happy, well-adjusted, nice young lady. You know, this is one of the richest people in the world. I just saw a thing. Well, I can't remember how many hundreds of billions of dollars he's worth, but so what? What is Elon Musk and what is his function? Okay, so Elon Musk is allegedly an entrepreneur. I mean, he's an entrepreneur, businessman, um, scientist, whatever, whatever you want to call him. He's he's Tony Stark. Okay, Elon Musk is like autistic Sto- Tony Stark. He's like if Tony Stark had zero charisma, couldn't string a sentence together, uh, didn't know how to smoke marijuana. If anyone saw him on the <laughs> Joe Rogan show, but that he serves a very specific purpose, okay? Because NASA, the purpose of NASA, and I don't want to get down a whole rabbit hole of this, but whatever you think about NASA, like whether you believe they did all the shit they say they did, um, what they also are is a media company that's purpose is to keep people invested in a bunch of myths about science and and kind of distracted and. kind of just always it's always like yeah we're about to go to mars we're about to do they've been about to do all this shit for a long time and it's to keep all of us kind of um believing that we are leading the world in scientific innovation and all this other stuff you got to understand that a lot of uh elon musk's technology he didn't him and his engineers didn't come up with he's had a long-standing relationship with the u.s government and a lot of the stuff he's got he got from like darpa okay so he serves a purpose he's he's in cooperation with our government um, NASA is now using SpaceX to do stuff with rockets or whatever. So that's another purpose here. So what they're showing you is that private industry, Tesla, the corporation, and NASA are now linked, and that's how everything's going. So this is the technocracy. It's conditioning conditioning you to accept that private industry is is our government. Now, we've had partnerships, of course, like Lockheed Martin, all the companies that make all of our fighter jets and military hardware and all that kind of stuff. This is this is a, a next step in that, okay? So, so anyways, Elon Musk is Tony Stark. He's there to be this kind of weird superhero guy that makes all this amazing technology. Amazing, not that amazing. Like, he makes electric cars that need to be charged by fossil fuel running power sources, right? Like, I mean, if he really... And, and you got to watch what they do with language and stuff. Tesla. It's, it's a trick, okay? So... Tesla, Nikola Tesla, invented actual free energy devices that we could and should be using. Um, anybody, anybody that tries to replicate uh, Nikola Tesla's free energy technology and tries to find a file a patent for it um, winds up mysteriously dead. You can look up, you can look it into it. Like I'm not making shit up. But there, there's other technologies that are suppressed because they wouldn't be good for corporations that are super interested in controlling everything, and they'd be great for people that. Um, wanted free energy, right? We could have uh, free uh, electromagnetic energy that's ubiquitous in the environment. You can harness it and use it to power things. We just don't. Okay. So here's Elon Musk. Um, he's a weirdo. Fine. You're allowed to be a weirdo, okay? You know, people don't have to live their life the way I live my life, and they don't have to name their baby things I would name my baby. But just let's just look at like who this guy is and and how much you know influence he has over the scientific community and and, and um, well okay so <laughs> his wife Grimes is like some shitty pop star like whatever like Lady Gaga type music 
uh, and they named their kid. You can't say what the name is because it doesn't make any sense. So it's like X A E A dash twelve. If you're just listening to this, I'll read you their description. So this is a tweet from Grimes. So they, this is a human being that they got to grow. <laughs> they got to grow and and like you know make ready for the world. And it's starting out with its name being like this cryptic set of symbols. So X representing the unknown variable. A-E, my elven spelling of AI, artificial intelligence. A-12, the precursor to the SR-17, or SR-17, which is their favorite aircraft. Okay. No weapons, no defense, just speed. Great. Who gives a fuck? And then A equals Archangel, my favorite song. Uh, who's an Archangel that's, uh, that's famous? Lucifer? I don't know. Um, all right. So here's here's some more Elon Musk shit. I'm just shitting on Elon Musk right now because I I, I just want to show people that like you don't have to fucking fall for this shit. So one of the things that Elon Musk did, what 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 we're told that he did, was he fired a Tesla Roadster convertible with a fucking dummy in a spacesuit out into outer space. Apparently they attached it to one of their rockets and fired it off into space. These are actual photos. These are what Tesla, the corporation, releases as actual photographs from cameras mounted on the Roadster. Okay. So you look at those photographs and use your own discernment and you tell me if you fucking buy that shit. Now, a bunch of people were like, wow, that looks super fake. And the official reaction from Elon Musk is like, yeah, yeah, that's how you know know it's real because it looks so fake. It's just like, yeah. You you have to believe me on faith because you have no frame of reference for what anything flying through outer space would look like other than what's provided you by like NASA and Tesla. So you're in a position to believe what we say based on blind faith and the belief that we wouldn't lie to you. Or you have to use your own discernment and be a social outcast for saying things like these motherfuckers did not fire a Tesla Roadster off into space for no fucking reason. Let me show you another thing. This is from their website where you can, because it's like, it's not just orbiting. The Tesla Roadster, what we're being told, is on its way to Mars. So they must have had to apply some sort of thrust to the Roadster. And of course, space is a vacuum. So what we're meant to believe is, I guess you could just push it in the direction of Mars, do a bunch of math or something, and then, you know, it's going to fly by Mars at a certain point. That's That's what we're told, right? So, okay, I wonder where the fucking Roadster is time now. Like, where's the Roadster? Because it's in communication. It sent pictures back, right? Like, apparently, they've got the little helicopter thing all the way on Mars sending pictures back. So, the technology exists to have perfect, crystal clear, HD, beautiful pictures from the surface of Mars back to fucking uh, some computer in America. So, they're also telling you, yeah, the, the Tesla Roadster, you know, sends back shit. But when you look up their mapping software, and if you pay any attention and you use your brain, okay, it's showing you, yeah, this is where the Roadster is in relation to the Earth. It's gone this far at this speed. You know, here's some bullshit. And then when you read the paragraph, it says, this real-time simulation shows the current location of Elon Musk's Tesla Roadster with Starman behind the wheel that was launched into space on February 6, 2018 on the top of the SpaceX Heavy Falcon rocket, blah, 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 blah. Sit real-time simulation so just read what it's saying it's not telling you that that's where it actually is it's just showing you a little fucking 
interactive, uh, you know, piece of flash software that's a simulator of where it may be or would be if it was doing any of the things it said it actually doing. Okay? So this is bullshit. This is a simulation. Why don't they know exactly where it is, is if it's out there? Of course they would. They would have to. Because it's, they, they reveal, like, if you're smart enough to just see it, it's like, this is for the Muppets. Like, the fucking Roadster shit, this, it's for the Muppets. The people with no discernment, the people that are so invested in the myth of scientism that it, it would be impossible for them not to believe in it. And that's what I'm saying. Like, the narrative, the hypnosis, the, the wizardry is so effective that people get fucking mad. Like, if you tell them that there's no Tesla Roadster up in space... They fucking melt down. I, it, 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 it's a direct challenge to their fucking word, worldview. All right, let's get into Grimes for a minute here. So this broad writes these songs and shit. I'm just showing you this is the, this is the human being that he's married to, okay? And we'll get and, and you know I'm going to show you how why it makes sense that these two weirdos are married. But I can't remember the name of this song. It doesn't fucking matter. But this is song lyrics from one of her songs off her recent album okay i'm just gonna read you some of the lyrics i'm not gonna read you read them all but so some of the (laughs) some of the lyrics are what will it take to make you capitulate we appreciate power we appreciate power elevate the human race putting makeup on my face okay blah 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 simulation give me something good god's creation so misunderstood pray to the divinity the keeper of the key one day everyone will believe uh what will it take to make you capitulate we appreciate power, we appreciate power, blah, blah, blah. Um, when will the state agree to cooperate? So she's showing, like, we want to push this um, insane agenda and we're getting pushback from the government, but don't. But that's only temporary as the technocracy completely subsumes the function of government, which it is currently working on. People like to say that we're insane, but AI will re- reward us when it rains. Pledge allegiance to the world's most powerful computer. Simulation, it's the future. But if you live long to never die, baby, plug in, upload your mind. Come on, you're not even alive if you're not backed up on a drive. And if you long to never die, baby, plug in, upload your mind. Come on, you're never even alive. You're not even alive if you're not backed up on a drive. Okay, whatever. Neanderthal to human being, evolution, kill the gene. Biology is superficial. Intelligence is artificial. Okay. And then it says submit, 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 submit. All right. So it's pretty clear what her worldview is and how she sees things. Now, when you have hundreds of billions of dollars and you don't believe in um, the transcendent nature of our reality, then, yeah, this may be where you go, where you're like, dude, I, I couldn't spend all this money in uh 10 human lifetimes so maybe i just should live forever you know like i don't know i don't know what motivates these fucking people but it's not good all right moving on to the Neuralink. so this is big you probably saw it in the news the monkey playing pong uh, with this thing in his brain um okay so on Thursday, Musk said the first Neuralink product will allow a paralyzed human to use a smartphone with their mind faster than someone using their thumb. So, again, there's they're going to frame this as something that's for the benefit of human beings, um, you know. And, and you know, I, I imagine if I was paralyzed or if I had some sort of disability that could be solved by this, I, I may be interested in it, right? So, 
um, I get it why people are kind of can see this as possibly good, but um, AI is only only going to get smarter, and Neuralink's technology could one day allow humans to go along for the ride. Musk said in an interview on Clubhouse in January. To illustrate the pace of progress in AI, the innovator, Musk, who believes that machine intelligence will eventually surpass human intelligence, pointed to breakthroughs made at research labs like OpenAI, which he co-founded, and DeepMind, a London AI lab that was acquired by Google in 2014. DeepMind has run out of games to win at, basically, said Musk, who was an early investor in the company. People are, in effect, already cyborgs because they have a tertiary digital layer thanks to phones, computers, and applications, according to Musk. So he's justifying this insanity by saying, oh, you're already carrying around a supercomputer in your hand. With a direct neural interface, we can improve the bandwidth between your cortex and your digital tertiary layer by many orders of magnitude. I'd say probably at least 1,000 or 10,000 or more. So he's saying... Hey, you're already having a computer in your hand, so all we're really doing is just taking that interface, your human-computer interface, and we're putting it inside your brain and making it more efficient. Okay, but I I can put my phone down (laughs) and, like, go kayaking without it. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck's this guy talking about? Um, Long-term, Musk claims that Neuralink could allow humans to send concepts to one another using telepathy. Here we go again, just on, on message with Klaus Schwab and exist in a saved state after they die that could then be put into a robot or another human. He acknowledged that he was delving into sci-fi ter- territory. Yeah, worse than that, all right? He's... Well, let's look at the other picture for those that are looking. Uh, this is just showing you this thing as it exists now has a fucking USB-C port that would come out of the side of your head. No shit. Uh, they got one mounted to the top of a fucking rat right there. It's got little electrodes that touch contact points on your brain. No thank you. I won't have it. But look, I just reject the idea that – so here's my, in my view of reality. Consciousness, um, the things that makes – your essence, the, things that, the thing that is you, you are not the, the biochemical function of your brain. You are something other than that in addition to that. You have a soul. You have an essence that transcends this biology. These people don't believe that. They believe that all you are is material and biochemistry. That's it. Electri- electri- electromagnetism or electricity, biochemistry, material. Okay, That's why he believes that you can put consciousness on like a solid state drive. No. There's more to it than that. You, consciousness doesn't exist as material. And it's, and it's not ones, coded ones and zeros that you can put on silicone. Okay? I'm not fucking Elon Musk, all right? I'm not a scientist. That's just my belief, and that's what I'm going with, and I think these motherfuckers are insane. All right. All right, we'll spend a little time on this. Um, the emerging markets um, that, are, that are kind of related to transhumanism and um, what, what, what I'm calling a uh, like a bio market, okay? Okay, so... We're aware of CRISPR technology, of course. Um, This is how we've created genetically modified organisms. Very problematic um, in a lot of ways because you've got companies like Monsanto that do all this greasy shit. Like um, they create seeds that when a 
plant or vegetable or fruit grows, it doesn't drop any seeds. And so they and they own that. Like they can have their product if it ends up on a farmer's farm somehow, like the wind blows it on there or birds carry it, and those crops pop up, that's Monsanto's property. They've patented uh, organisms, and, you know, everybody hates Monsanto. It's a big fucking problem. Um, they do all kinds of uh, – they've been doing all this stuff in India that really impacts the farmers there and stuff. And it, it, they've got decades-long track history of being an e- evil, you know, mega corporation that everybody hates for a bunch of different reasons. That technology um, is now being used to make human beings the next genetically modified organism. Um, so, but but related to that, kind of adjacent to that, is this new blockchain technology that's allowing um, kind of the, the 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 commercializing of our uh, genetic data. So you're, you're aware of like 23andMe and those companies that. You know, you send in a um, sample and then they, they tell you, you know, how much percent Neanderthal you are and how much percent fucking black Irish you are or whatever, right? So you understand that when you do that, they are they are saving all that data in a database, right? But the next thing they're trying to do is they're going to use – they're using blockchain to, technology um, and they're, they want to connect people holding information, right, consumers. You hold the information. It's your genetic information with the people who need it, researchers. Um, so they're going to shift the, the cost of sequencing DNA um, from researchers and enable people to get compensated for data sharing. So they're going to start allowing you to sell your genetic sequence to research corporations. Okay. Then they're going to interface that with some of this um, uh, wearable, not wearable, but subcutaneous nanotechnology, right? So the idea is, if you're willing to, right, you can sell them access to your genetic code and then put in a subcutaneous uh, you know, co- communication device that collects information from your body and so that they can be like, okay, we need information on a, um, a woman, you know, the, we're looking for this demographic, woman uh, between 40 and 50 years old that's a breast cancer survivor with this blood type. And then you get paid as that thing communicates things about your biochemistry or whatever to this corporation. Okay. Maybe that doesn't sound so bad, but um, I can just see this whole thing, um, the commodification of your internal biochemistry and your internal uh, health information, I I see it as being um, not good. Um, I see it as affecting privacy, and I I also see it as an an inroad to um, you have it becoming compulsory to participate in these things in order to... Um, participate in certain parts of society just kind of like uh, an extrapolation on the vaccine passport thing it's like hey if you want to access public spaces you need to be communicating what's going on with your biology so you don't put anybody else at risk and it would only take one or two more pandemics for them to make this a thing that people submit to i mean look at what people have already submitted to it wouldn't be a jump before people are like yeah why wouldn't you allow this this is how we keep each other safe and it's like no, fuck off, you know. Um, okay, a little bit more on CRISPR. Um, here's, the, here's the potential problem with CRISPR. There's a lot of problems with CRISPR, CRISPR because it turns out the, the equipment you need to, to do this stuff is not that expensive. And there's people using CRISPR for, like, dog breeding and shit, like people that aren't scientists that just, like, know how to do it or whatever. It's not that um, complicated, apparently, once you have the right – 
software, hardware, equipment shit going on, which is scary. But in the future, CRISPR gene editing could potentially be used to create new species or revive ex- <laughs> revive existing species from close, closely related ones. So like Jurassic Park type shit. Um, but here's the problem with that. If you get a mega corporation, and as we edge closer to technocracy, the governmental controls that protect us from corporations are going to be eroded to the point where they're non-existent. You can see what's happening right now that the corporations are kind of subsuming the functions of or usurping the functions of government and we're seeing like the death throes of this democracy thing i don't know how long it's going to take but we're going to see a totally different thing that is the technocracy emerge and we're not going to be as protected from this type of shit as we currently are so all right so what's what's in the realm of possible here is corporation genetically modifies um something in the human genome and creates um, something that's post-human, a, di- a different type of organism. And then that organism, they could technically make the case that, well, that's not a human being anymore. We've we've changed the sequence to the point where it's this other thing, and we can do with it what we want. You know what I mean? So, like, you can imagine all the kind of creepy, fucking insane shit that that could lead to. Like, I mean, you know, the mind goes a bunch of different places. But... The other thing is, maybe they don't do it that with it. Maybe they just use it to make all these enhancements. Like, hey, we're going to have a race of people that is, they're all 6'4", blonde, blue-eyed, jacked. They can fucking, you know, they have perfect eyesight, perfect hearing. Uh, they're immune to this, immune to that. They're, you know, all the all the degenerative genes that cause cancer are fucking kicked out. All this shit, right? But that's only accessible for people with money, with people that can afford that. So immediately you create this caste system. You create, um, you know, this levels of enhancement of the human condition. And then what, what happens to the people that don't have access to that stuff? You can imagine a bunch of bad things about that, too. And like I was saying, like, the, the whether or not this is a, a conversation should be had about this, these decisions shouldn't be made on all of our behalf by people who have an economic motivation or an, a transhumanist agenda motiv- motivation to create this stuff and there has been government the things that slowed the progress of all this stuff has been government that's why you know stem cell research and um things like that are they're still not legal in the united states like athletes and stuff go to other countries to get stem cell treatments for their knees or whatever the fuck it is because we have pushed back but that's not gonna last much longer like it's it's uh it's coming now the degree to how insane they get with this stuff i don't know i'm just saying like this stuff's out there the technology exists and there are people that want to use it for all kinds of shit okay what else we got here um one more quick thing here you might have seen this um scientists this is from a uh npr report but it was all over the news a couple days ago uh, scientists create early embryos that are part human, part monkey. This is a chimera. Chimera, um, if you, you know, is a pretty popular in horror movies and stuff because it's a mix of two different life forms or three. I'll, I got a definition for what it is in here somewhere. But, oh yeah, a chimera is from Greek mythology um, that was part lion, part goat, and part snake. Um, but all right, let's read about why they did this. So. Um, 
for the first time, scientists have created embryos that are a mix of human and monkey cells. Okay. So um, the person writing this article says, the first, my first question is why? Um, says Kirsten Matthews, a fellow for science and technology at Rice University's Baker Institute. I think the public is going to be concerned, and I am as well, that we're just kind of pushing forward with science without having a proper conversation about what we should or should not do. Valid. I, I agree with her. Um, so the scientist you know, that worked on this says, because uh, we're, we're talking about ethics here. What's the? This is an ethical question, right? I don't see this type of research being ethically problemat- problematic, said In Su Huyun, a bioethicist at Case Western Reverse, a Reserve University at Harvard University. It's aimed at lofty humanitarian goals. So here we go. No ethical problem here because we say we intend to, to do humanitarian things with it. But again, whether or not you intend to do humanitarian goals with it, you need to consider the implications of this technology um, because it's not only going to be you that controls it, right? Such mixed species embryos are known as chimeras. We talked about that. Our goal is not to generate any new organism or any monster, Belmonte said, and we are not doing anything like that. We are trying to understand how cells from different organisms communicate with one another. In addition, Belmonte said he hopes this kind of work could lead to a new insights into early human development, aging, and the underlying causes of cancer and other diseases. Okay, so those are all the, you know, pro-human things they say they're going to do with them. But then uh, you get into some of these concerns from other other scientists, and it's stuff like this. The biggest concern, they said, is that someone could try to take this work further and attempt to make a baby out of an embryo made this way. Specifically, the critics worry that human cells could become part of the developing brain of such an embryo and of the brain of the resulting animal. So now we're literally talking about mixing human and monkey brain and eggs and all this other stuff. And then should it be regulated as human because it has a significant proportion of human cells in it? Or should it be regulated just as an animal or something else? Rice University's Matthew said, at what point are you taking something and using it for organs when it actually is starting to think and have logic? So, you know, they, they're, they're doing this so that they can grow organs that can be used in organ transplants for humans, right? So you need a kidney. You know, thousands of people a year die because they're on like a kidney or whatever uh, waiting list and they can't get it and they die. So this is like, hey, we can create these we can grow these organs in some other kind of hybrid life form but very aptly they're asking like well hold on a second what if these things start to become cognizant sentient like what what, how do we treat this stuff right um another concern is that using human cells in this way could produce animals that have human sperm or eggs nobody really wants monkeys walking around with human eggs and human sperm inside them yeah said hank greeley a Stanford University bioethicist, um, because if a monkey with human sperm meets a monkey with human eggs, nobody wants a human embryo inside a monkey's uterus. Dude. No shit. And like with CRISPR, once the knowledge is out here, out there, once the, the technology exists, and once the equipment to do this is inexpensive enough, you would have like rogue scientists doing whatever they will with the technology. You can imagine... The kind of fucking insane um, shit they would do. So it all goes back to this blind trust and faith in science and scientism and progress at all costs. And, you know, 
they're going to have these discussions without our input, basically, because we we've lost access to, you know, the levers of power. Like it's, we've, we're clearly as a people in this country and globally disempowered. This is now and now the, the, the elite, your your Elon Musk's and your Klaus Schwab's and all these people, they know that there's little that we can actually do to stop them at this point. We've we've allowed our government to, to be governments across the world to become so corrupt and so inept that uh, the stop gaps are kind of no longer there for this stuff. I'll give you another example of science run amok, right? So if you're just listening, not watching, it's, you know, the atom bomb exploding. It's just a picture of a nuclear cloud, right? So we had all the justification we needed to create this weapon. We had competition with uh, an enemy that was supposedly trying to take over the world that was working towards this end. And we had the Manhattan Project, and we had Robert Oppenheimer finally, you know, uh, achieve, you know, what, like weapons-grade nuclear fission and create the atomic bomb. And then he's famous for having quoted the Bhagavad Gita when he did that, and he said, "I am become death, the destroyer of worlds." So, the science that we're all beat up about the head uh, and told to trust and accept created that. They created a weapon system that has the capability to destroy the world and kill, kill everybody in it and now we have no choice but to maintain it because of mutually sheer destruction we're always going to have those fucking things and we're always going to be um you know uh, a breath away from smoking the whole place so are we on the precipice of more um expensive progress and i mean expensive in the in the trade-off in the potential destructive trade-off like should we be moving this fast towards these technologies that we don't really understand the implications of are we allowing the elite ruling class to make decisions about our future absent our input that's certainly happening all right so what do you do if you don't like this stuff but you're not in a position of power so that's i'll speak for myself that's the position i'm in i don't like this stuff i don't like transhumanism agenda it's like, fine, you want to, I don't know. I don't like it for me, okay? So I do the only thing I can do. I move in the opposite direction of this stuff. So the parts of this that will become compulsory someday, like nanotechnology or vaccinations that I don't want or surveillance that I don't want to submit to about my internal biology or my health or anything, those things are only going to be compulsory for people who are dependent upon the system. And this is what we talk about all the time. So like everything else that sucks about our current timeline, the answer is reduce dependency, build resiliency, and move away, move in an opposite direction from that which is objectively bad and degenerate and move toward that which is constructive and good and beautiful. That's all you really can do. You can shake your fist at fucking Klaus Schwab and you can get in your pickup truck and go try to run Antifa people over or any of these things that aren't going to, that aren't really going to help you. Or you can just see it, look at it, acknowledge it, see what it is, learn about it, and then make moves the other way. They're going that way towards fucking dystopian future hell. I'm going this way. I'm going to fucking go milk goats or whatever, right? And then it, it comes, you got to check in with yourself too. You got to figure out how susceptible are you to capitulating to this stuff without thinking about it. 
how because that's what they prey on they prey on all of us being so busy so distracted so overwhelmed so depressed so addicted to antidepressants so drunk so high so miserable that we don't we don't do what we need to do which is a diagnostic a self-diagnostic to find out how susceptible you are um you got to ask yourself fundamental questions so here's and here's some some of them where did i get my worldview have I been programmed? Have I invested in my education about this world enough that I can trust my own judgment to resist that programming? Am I on a trajectory that serves my personal needs and ambitions, or have I been set in motion in some way by something other than my own consciousness? Do I believe there is more to this existence than the material that we can observe and experience? Is there a spiritual or transcendent quality to my life? What am I willing to sacrifice in convenience or security to be free? Am I sovereign or am I subject? Those are some of the fundamental questions. There are more. But if you can answer those, you're in a good position to avoid walking into um, this technocracy's salivating, beastly mouth. And, you know, we don't need to be bummed out about it. Um, as objectively bad as a lot of the changes in our world seem, this is also an amazing opportunity for those of us that are able to see it as that are able to see it as an opportunity. I was a total muppet until the motherfucker started pushing too hard and it woke me up. Now I'm oriented towards a much more happy, fulfilling and natural way of life and I'm grateful for that. So these the motherfuckers have done me um a service. They've pushed me to the point where I had to start paying attention. I had to start taking stock. I had to run these diagnostics. I had to explore the fundamental questions. I had to uh, work towards being an autodidact and learning about the world for myself, absent of their programming and their narrative. And uh, that's why I'm not bummed out. Like I'm mostly... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.